Well, greetings. My name is Art Wright, and I'm the senior pastor here at Williamsburg Baptist Church, and we're delighted that you're listening to our podcast. We are in the midst of a four-week sermon series on the short but lovely Book of Ruth from the Hebrew Scriptures. Today, uh, for our sermon for July 24th, 2022, the sermon focuses on Ruth chapter 2. Um, and so would encourage you to read that if you get a chance, uh, although certainly some of the text will come out in the sermon. The sermon title is Ruth and Boaz, and our pastoral intern Caroline Tucker and I tag-teamed this sermon, so you'll hear both voices, she and the character of Ruth and me and the character of Boaz. This was the first time either of us had done this, and we felt like it went okay, but we'd love your feedback. The, po- the feedback we got after the sermon on Sunday morning was overwhelmingly positive, but... Um, you know, we were just, this was a grand experiment, uh, but we enjoyed it and hope you do too. Would love for you to check out more of what we've got going on right now on Instagram or Facebook. If you look for Williamsburg Baptist Church, you should be able to find us. You can also find us on the web at williamsburgbaptist.com. Certainly, if you have any prayer concerns or want to reach out and connect in any way, you can email me at pastor at williamsburgbaptist.com. As usual, I do hope that this sermon is meaningful for you in some way in your own spiritual journey, and hope you have a wonderful week. We really are glad you're listening. God bless. Good morning again. As Pastor Art said at the beginning, um, early... I mean, maybe later last week, I was like, how would you feel about doing a sermon from two different perspectives? And Pastor Art was like, well, we can try it. And so that's what we're going to try to do today. So I'm going to speak from the perspective of Ruth, and Pastor Art's going to speak from the perspective of Boaz. And um, so let me get into character. Hi, my name is Ruth. I am overwhelmed. These last few months have been a whirlwind. First, my husband died. Next, my mother-in-law, Naomi, and I traveled by foot to her homeland. And now here we are in Bethlehem, in a land where I am an outsider, a land in people that I do not know. There are many things that set me apart in this land. The first is that I am a Moabite. I'm sure that you've heard the tainted Israelite messages towards my people, specifically the women of my land. The story goes that after Sodom and Gomorrah turned to salt, Lot's daughters each had a child with him one of which was named Moab, thus tying my people to incest and infidelity. Also, I've heard this law that forbids Moabite women from partaking in Israelite religious practices, out of fear that these manipulative women would lead the men away from their God. These stories and laws are just a method of justification 
for labeling my people as an outsider and inferior to the Israelites. But these methods of justification and propaganda are powerful and create a dangerous environment for me. A Moabite woman in an Israelite village. And it does not help that I am widowed as well. For I have no man to provide for me and no family to rely on other than Naomi, who is also a widow. Since I'm a widow and a Moabite, I'm scared to walk the streets at night, scared of what a person of the law would do if they pull me aside, scared that there are men of questionable morals lurking in the dark corners. Given all these things, some may call me crazy for following Naomi, but I don't know what I would have done without Naomi these past few months. Through all of the turmoil I have faced, Naomi has been the only constant. She has given me a sense of stability within the whirlwind that has been my life. I am determined to care for Naomi and for myself. I'm not going to wait for a man to come along and provide for us. I am going to figure out how to provide for us myself. Although I'm overwhelmed and so desperate to find food for us, I know that God will continue to protect me. For by chance, I met my husband. By chance, I found fam family and stability in Naomi after my husband's death. By chance, I wandered into Boaz's field. May the Lord be with you and bless you. My name is Boaz. You have probably heard of me because I am a Gibor Chayil, a man of worth, prominent and wealthy. And the name Boaz means strong, although you could probably tell that just by looking at me. But the most important thing you can know about me is that I am a true and faithful Israelite who happens to live in the lovely town of Bethlehem. You've heard of it, yes? By chance, I was walking in my fields the other day, of which I have many. You know, just checking in on my servants as they get to work with the barley harvest. I came to the men reaping and said, the Lord be with you, as I always do. But then it just so happened that I noticed a young woman gleaning in the fields. Gleaning, this practice of following along behind the harvesters and collecting the barley that they miss. Do you know gleaning? I'm curious. Do you know gleaning? I see some heads nodding. The practice is actually commanded to us by God. Surely you have heard of God's law, the Torah, given to us as a people. You may have heard from Leviticus, when you harvest your land's produce, you must not harvest all the way to the edge of the field, and don't gather every remaining bit of your harvest. Leave these items for the poor and the emigrant. All that you see in these fields is mine, and yet I urge my workers to obey God's laws and leave some of the harvest behind for people in our community who really need it. Sure, I could make more money, reap more profits, if you will, by harvesting every last grain. 
This is my property after all. No one would dispute me and my right to it. And yet I choose to leave some freely behind. And truth be told, I would hardly miss it anyway. And it could mean all the difference in the world between survival or starvation for this poor young woman. It may seem a strange custom to you, but this is how we take care of one another. This is how the community takes care of the most vulnerable among us. It's a social safety net, if you will, so no one falls through the cracks. You know, I guess I might call it social security or something. It's just how we care for one another and make sure no one gets left behind. For us Israelites, it's important to do this because we believe that this reveals God's heart to us. We know what it is like to struggle. After all, we were once oppressed ourselves in the land of Egypt, and God made a way for us. God provided food for us. And so I saw this young woman gleaning in the fields, and so I asked my workers, who is this woman? They told me her name, Ruth and that she came with Naomi from the country of Moab. Now I must confess, the word Moabite put a bad taste in my mouth. But she was hard at work, and God moved me to compassion for her. And so I told her to remain in my fields and not go looking elsewhere for food. I told my men to be kind to her and to offer her water when she needed it. After all, I have more than enough to provide here for her and Naomi. By chance, I wandered into Boaz's field to gather food for Naomi and I. By chance, Boaz found favor in me and watched out for me. By chance, I was able to gather more than enough barley to sustain Naomi and I. Are you catching on yet? Maybe none of this is by chance, but instead by the hand of God. By the hand of God, I met my husband. By the hand of God, I found family and stability in Naomi after my husband's death. By the hand of God, I wandered into Boaz's field to gather food for Naomi and I. By the hand of God, Boaz found favor in me and watched out for me. By the hand of God, I was able to gather more than enough barley to sustain Naomi and I. Have there been any blessings in your life that have suspiciously seemed by chance? Where have you seen God's hand in your life? Where have I seen God's hand in my life? I can't help but wonder if God is up to something these days. I must confess that I am amazed at Ruth's faithfulness and kindness and commitment. Her commitment to Naomi, her mother-in-law, is stunning, even to the point of risking her own chance at a good life and security. I never would have expected that of a, of a Moabite. Moabites just aren't like that. Not that I've ever known a Moabite myself. Maybe she's just the exception. I don't know. But the Torah clearly says that no Moabite shall ever be a part of the people of God forever and ever. 
Deuteronomy 23 says it. Scripture suggests that they are sinners through and through, each and every one, incestuous, worthless, untrustworthy. Most Israelites I know wouldn't give them the time of day. But at the same time, we know that our God is a loving God and the creator of all people. And the God we worship is a God who commands us to care for not only orphans and widows, but also immigrants and strangers. I want to help her. I want to believe that she is good. But the Torah commands us saying, you shall never promote their welfare or their prosperity as long as you shall live. How can I reconcile these two views? Which one is really the voice of God? Do I err on the side of mistrust and exclusion? Or do I err on the side of love and acceptance? Could it be that God's grace extends even to the Moabites? Is it possible that God is up to something new in me, in the world? I never thought that Moabites could be people of faith. But when I see her faith and hear her pray, I just can't deny it. I feel like God is at work in her life, too. At mealtime, we sat down together in the shade and ate together and talked. And I couldn't help but notice that some of my workers were talking in hushed voices and pointing at us. But the more we talked, the more I became convinced of her faithfulness and kindness. God is changing my heart. And you know, there is something beautiful in diversity. There is something lovely about the idea that God might be bigger and more loving and accepting than I had ever imagined. I find myself praying for her that the Lord will protect her and reward her for her faithfulness and that God will continue to lead her and that she might take shelter under God's wings. And at the same time, I find myself praying that God will continue to be at work in my life, opening my heart to see all people as God sees them. May it be so. I'd like to take this time to lift up a prayer of thanksgiving for the blessings in my life. In this time of prayer, I ask that you consider the blessings in your life as well. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, Lord of creation, protector and friend, I was wandering without a name, alone, searching for someone to love me, someone to call family. I I was left alone with my widowed mother-in-law and a land that was foreign to me, in need of food and security. I was scared, scared of the harm that could come to me simply because of my gender and ethnicity, scared that I would not be able to provide food and shelter for Naomi, scared that I was in over my head. In my grief and vulnerability, I cried to you, O Lord, have mercy on me. God, you heard my cry. You took my hand and guided me through my storm, and you have not let go. For that, I give you praise. I sing praises to the God who walks beside me. 
to the God who holds me, to the God who has wrapped me in their wings, protecting me from life's storms. Amen.